Hello, everyone. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. You're listening to the Financials Edition taped today on Monday, February 27th, 2017. My name is Gabby LaPera, and joining me in the studio is Nathan Hamilton, one of our in-house analysts at The Motley Fool. Hello, Nathan. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm really good. I'm super excited to have someone in studio. Um, not that I don't love my call-in analysts. They are wonderful, yeah. awesome people, but it's really exciting to like see your facial expressions. I know. Not behind a camera, not on Skype. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we are here today to talk about mortgages and what um, the President Trump administration, what the Trump administration could mean for mortgages. Um, and I'm not going to lie, this is a little bit selfish on our parts, and it's because we have a new website, um, fool.com slash mortgages, and that's mortgages, plural. And mortgages has a silent T in it, mm-hmm. just in case... You didn't know that. Mort gauges. Mort gauges. Yes. Um, mort from the French death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A gauge for death. <laughs> um, and I know that you are responsible for putting that site together. Sure. So I'm really excited to have you here to talk about mortgages and President Trump, which is something that everyone loves to talk about right now. Everyone loves to talk about politics. And as regular listeners know, politics give me heartburn. I'm pretty sure there is Tums waiting for me when I leave the hmm. studio. Um, well, we'll make sure to focus just on personal finance, so it's yes. it's a bit easier. Yes, thank you. Please, no no political opinions here. You can have yep. them inside, but we're using, we're using our not inside voices. Absolutely. Um, okay, so um, let's talk Trump. What where would you like to start with this? You are a guest. I'd like I'd like you to pick the first course. Yeah. So I think it's it's important to understand what the president has an impact on and what they influence or probably don't directly have an impact on and specific to mortgages. So mortgages are somewhat based upon what the Fed does. President Trump, any president before any president in the future doesn't necessarily say what those rates are going to be. But during the pump, during the uh, Trump presidency, the Fed has already come out and said, in 2017, there are likely going to be two to three more rate increases. And this is on top of what happened in December with a rate increase. So if you're looking at refinancing, if you're looking at buying a new home, now might be a good time to at least look at the refinancing side of it because rates may increase in 2017 during Trump's presidency, which he can essentially issue an executive order and say, Okay, we're going to increase mortgage rates. We're going to decrease mortgage rates. It's not necessarily not not necessarily something that he can influence. Yeah. So um, a few things to to unpack there. Um, the Federal uh, Reserve Board, the people who decide whether or not there's interest rate increases, are in theory an independent body. Yep. Um, so that's something that Trump can't really. That's why Nathan was saying that he can't really affect that. Um, directly and um, additionally the interest rate increases are part of like a long trend that we've sure. been seeing like with the recovery of the economy and that's why um, interest rates haven't been pushed up super high in the last few years it's because like they've been waiting until um, they've they've until they saw all the signs <laughs> yeah, until the economy improves quite a bit or there's signs that it's going to improve in the exactly future. and the Fed is really interesting because it's kind of like this mysterious shadowy <laughs> body and um, I, I know that I've said this a few times but if we had a little a little magic globe that we could look into a crystal ball that would be great but they do kind of try and signpost like yeah we're probably gonna raise them oh, yep. we might not raise them and, and they have been saying like Things are looking pretty good so far. We we think we're going to raise them. They're not going to be aggressive. That's the other thing to remember. They're not sure. going to push it up by like 
two whole percentage points. It's going to be basis point increases. Yeah. And that's important to put into context is the whole longer term side of it. If we look at where rates are right now, even though they've increased quite a bit since December, they're at historic multi-decade lows. So if you look at the past 10 years, yeah. rates peaked right around, a 30-year mortgage peaked right around 6.76%. Right now, they're sitting at, I believe it's 4.3-ish percent this week. So you have to put it in context. Sure, rates have spiked, but they are still historically low. And even if there are two to three rate increases in 2017, they'll likely still be historically low. Yeah, absolutely. I think that... Um that's something that a lot of people, it's really interesting because there's this kind of generational divide, right? Like where I remember opening my first bank account and the interest rate on it, on the savings account was like 0.01%. And I was talking to my parents and they're like, no, when we first opened savings accounts, of course, like the interest rates on those was like yep. 5%. I was like, I can't even imagine getting 5% on my savings. And it's the same thing with mortgages. Of course, they were paying far more in interest than I would be today if I decided to buy a home. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about this executive order um, sure. and the FHA loan mortgage insurance. Um, first of all, what is the FHA? Yeah, we'll get a little bit into the details <laughs> here. So, I guess Mortgage 201, 101 is kind of where we'll balance it. But an FHA loan is essentially a loan for borrowers that may not be able to put down, say, 20% like a bank would require. Mm-hmm. And they're, essentially, the FHA comes into the market and tries to make it cost-efficient, cost-effective for higher-risk home buyers. So you can put down as little as 3.5% with an FHA loan. And what the Trump administration did, essentially, it might have been day one or two of, of the presidency of the administration, is reversed an Obama-era order that decreased the mortgage insurance rate premium. So when Trump came in, essentially flipped it and raised the mortgage insurance premium by a quarter of a percentage point, if you look at what it actually means in dollars and cents, it's roughly about $30 per per year is what the difference would be for an average homeowner. So it's not a huge change, but it definitely does signal something that the administration may be looking into in the future when they do have direct influences. Getting the government somewhat outside of the mortgage market, because if you look at it, the government is involved with the FHA. And the uh, Fannie, FHA stands yep. for Federal Housing Administration. Yep. Federal Housing Administration, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and so forth, other mortgage players, that they are there to make the market somewhat more efficient. And there is is a taxpayer cost for those. I mean, in 2008, taxpayers had to bail out Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac by tens of billions of dollars, and they're still repaying those loans. Actually, fun fact, they have repaid their loans. And it's, oh, are they? Yeah, it's it's really interesting because um, they're still in conservatorship, technically, Freddie so and So they take Fannie. all the profits still? Yeah, and okay. the, the government's still taking all the profits, and shareholders yep. are actually suing and saying, like, okay, it's I time to that. let go. I think that they've repaid it, like they've surpassed it by something like I can't remember. It was it was a lot. It was like in the millions of dollars that they've like superseded the amount that they that they borrowed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Maybe we'll yeah. do another episode on it. But it is. I mean, like I said, if you look at the administration, they have called for a reduction in big government, and those are possible ways that that could be affected. And looking at it, if if you look at it as a very simple, plain vanilla way, is if they are making the market more efficient and they're removed from the market, it could it could increase costs for borrowers, whether it comes in the way of higher origination fees, um, mortgage rates, and so forth. Um, but really, I, I would say if you look at the grand scheme, 
big picture, the Fed probably has more of an impact in the near term. Yeah, um, and you might be wondering if you're a listener why the federal government would be invested in people buying homes sure. at all. Like, why why would they want that to happen? Um, and historically, people who buy homes in an area like that that it helps increase the prosperity of that area because people who own homes they're going to require a lot of services um, that employ people in the area. Um, and it's part of this idea, this like this traditional idea of the American dream that everyone can yes. own their own home. Um, so I think part of it is like a little emotional and symbolic, and then part of it is like hard economics. Like owning a house really does help the area that you're in. Sure. Um, and one of the and so staying away from the politics of that and mm. like why people want to do one thing or the other because you're right it can it can get expensive for the government and we know that Trump. Um, like you said, has been pushing for smaller government, and one of his big things with that is deregulation. Yep. Um, and deregulation can affect the mortgage industry. Yeah, it absolutely can because deregulation. I would say look at it in two different forms. You've got the impacts to the banks, and then Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac government-sponsored enterprises. So the banks, if you look at pre-2008, before the financial crisis, they'd essentially originate a loan, sell it off to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and they would mostly make money off the origination fees, and they weren't too concerned about, is this a high-quality mortgage, is it a subprime mortgage, just kind of give it to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to uh, guarantee the payments. But with Dodd-Frank coming in after the 2008 crisis, it required the banks to burden some of those costs of bad loans that they sold off. So what that does is it increases the cost for bar- for for banks to bring in borrowers, and that's impacted by a higher mortgage rate. So if you look at it, non-bank lenders like Quicken um, mm-hmm. aren't regulated under the same infrastructure, and they've been able to come in and grab a tremendous amount of market share. So if we go back it's roughly five, six years ago, non-bank lenders were 10% of the market, complete market share. A few years later, they were up to 50%, and that was on the back of regulation. So you look at it, okay, as if there are some Dodd-Frank acts that are repealed, which the administration has mentioned could happen. They're looking into it currently. You know, maybe you see bigger banks coming into the market again. Maybe they do recruit, they do reduce the interest costs or the interest rates for borrowers. So that could be a positive effect if you look at just from a straight interest rate perspective. So it is one thing to consider. Yeah. Um, so that whole thing gets really interesting, right? Because um, with Dodd Frank, you have the creation of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which yep. is the CFPB. Um, and one of the things that happened with big banks uh, is that they were giving loans to people who couldn't necessarily repay them, and they were giving multiple loans to people with very mm-hmm. bad credit. And the government said, this is really shady of you, this is predatory lending, and they really cracked down on the big banks. The CFPB conducted a lot of investigations, and so the banks stopped lending to people who were kind of marginal, I guess. Sure. And that's safe to say. Yeah, <laughs> who were marginal, who who maybe didn't have the best credit scores, um, who maybe didn't have the most secure jobs, and uh, and the CFPB and the government said you're taking advantage of these people. You know that they can't repay you, and you're charging obscene amounts of interest. Um, and so that means that that population became very underserved, and that's where you're seeing a lot of these fintech companies like Quicken Loans and yeah. all that move into the area. That's that's why that market exists in yep. the first place. Um, but it is, it, it's interesting to point out, just keeping on the CFPB, if, if I were to explain it in the, most, in the simplest terms, is essentially their whole goal is to take the small legal font at the bottom of an application, credit cards, mortgages, auto loans, 
and make it more prominent so you're more educated and you understand what you're actually getting into. And there are some other things that the CFPB does that have a financial cost, a financial burden on banks. So the Trump administration has said, okay, maybe we're going to deregulate. There is a potential that the CFB, CFPB could be closed entirely. Its budget could be impacted. There are a lot of different things at play, which for high, higher risk consumers that maybe aren't as educated, um, if it is you going into a mortgage, just keep an eye on all the details, um, the rates, all the small font, all of that information, closing costs, everything. It, it really is something important to pay attention to that without the CFPB, likely wouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, make sure you, you do your homework and do your math. Um, it's actually really interesting. I know people who have gotten mortgages pre-CFPB and then again post-CFPB, uh, the CFPB required that banks make very prominent at the top of any paperwork that they give people uh, what it actually, like what your interest rate is and what that actually means for you long term. And they do that for credit cards and mortgages, I believe. They do, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a clarity in lending type thing. Yeah, it with, has a name like that. Yeah, with credit cards specifically, they made um, like the minimum payment information more prominent on your bill. Like there's requirements to include that. They also require that credit card companies, credit card issuers will let you waive one late payment fee per year. And it's a requirement. So it's your right as a cardholder to be able to have that. And that's essentially what the CFPB does. Yeah. Um, actually, if listeners want a kind of more substantial discussion on the CFPB. John Maxfield and I recently did an episode on that. And um, if you want the link to it, just send me an email at uh, industryfocus@fool.com. Super happy to send that to you or just search the last few Industry Focus episodes. It should jump out at you which one it's going to be. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens with the CFPB. It might be gone. It might be. It might be restructured. They might yeah, just put a budget. Might be impacted. New thing in. Yep. Yeah, and it's interesting too because with the CFPB, we're not really a hundred percent sure whether or not it's constitutional. But it is such an interesting and new thing because we've never really had a regulatory body that's like we're going to look out for the consumers when it comes to banks. Yep. Um. So it's kind of like the FDA, except <laughs> for banks. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, is there anything else you wanna you wanna talk to us about mortgages? You know, I'd say just we, we've talked a lot about different things where costs could be lower, costs could be increased. I'll just look at a few takeaways from it. Which, if you look at the overall mortgage rate interest rate scenario, where are rates likely to go in the future? 2017 during the Trump presidency, the Fed has signaled that rates are going to increase, and that's going to have the biggest that's going to be the biggest driver of your mortgage rate. So. If you are looking at refinancing, if you've bought a home in the last few years, if you haven't done the refinancing yet, look at doing so. Take some time to shop mortgage rates. We have them on our uh, on our mortgage rate center. You can get in contact with various lenders and so forth. The time is likely worth the dollar value to you because you can save a tremendous amount by refinancing. So if you haven't done it, get your butt off. Definitely <laughs> get your butt off the ground and start doing it. But the other thing to look at is regulation may decrease. The overall net impact, we don't necessarily know, know because there's so many factors at play. Right. So this one situation is going to reduce rates. This one is going to increase costs for banks. This is There's a, a myriad of different um, situations at play. So ultimately, we'll have to see where that ends up. But it does kind of harp on the fact that with the CFPB possibly being restructured, being deregulated some, it is important just to pay attention to the details and be educated on what you're actually signing. 
Definitely. Um, and one thing that listeners can do if you are in the process of, of buying a house for the first time is a lot of states and counties offer a free first home buying course. Um, and a lot of them contain really useful information on sources for uh, loans and mortgages and like how to know whether or not you're getting a good deal. And there are a lot of government right now, there's a lot of government um, programs, both at the state and federal level, to help first time home buyers buy a house. Um, so that in conjunction with our awesome website, fool.com slash mortgages, that's M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E-S, um, can be a really wonderful resource for people. If you guys have any questions, feel free to email me. Um, please keep in mind that I cannot give you personal advice. Uh, so, so don't email me with a very specific question about your personal life, because I, I probably can't help you. Um, because <laughs> I'm not Ann Landers, and I'm also yes. not a certified financial planner. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. I really absolutely. appreciate Glad it. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, as usual, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Contact us at industryfocus at fool.com or by tweeting us at mfindustryfocus. And thank you very much to Jackson Taylor Harris, our totally awesome producer today. <laughs> given some totally, totally rad thumbs up. Um, <laughs> and thank you to everyone for joining us today. Oh, and sorry, guys, that this episode was a little bit late. We had a little scheduling snafu. Um, but we're getting it to you. We're getting it's it. Coming. We're getting it to you. And all the other episodes this week should be on time. I hope everyone has a great week. <laughs>